Hey, everybody. It's Drift Class in the afternoon. Just stop what you're doing, kick back, put your feet up, have a drink, stare at the sun for an hour or two until you can't see anything else, and then go to sleep and all this will be passed. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, staring at the sun for an hour is not a good no, thing. No. No. But it's been a very, very rough week. It has. There's an accumulated weight to everything mm-hmm. that has gone mm-hmm. before that sort of feels a little crushing right now. Exhausting. Yes. Um, but you know what? I got my podcast notes in front of me and it's Friday. So let's get started with the podcast, Drift Glass. Three, two, one. You can listen to The Professional Left wherever you get your podcasts on Netroots Radio or at our website, proleftpod.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There's a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for September 3rd, 2021. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from the Cornfield Resistance, where our governor is dedicated to protecting access to health care and family planning for women. It's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. And this week, we're brought to you by our new sponsor, Technically, it's Dental Insurance. Are root canals covered? Sure. Just use our in-network licensed endodontist. Fine. Is there an in-network endodontist near me? Is 300 miles away near? Technically, it's dental insurance. Member of the Technically, it's family of companies. Well, happy Labor Day, everyone. And special thanks to American Labor Unions for the fact that we have such a thing as Labor Day. Uh, And just FYI, this is not a rerun or a reprise or a special clip show or a best of. This is just like every other week for the past 11 years. This is a brand new professional left podcast with Drift Class and Blue Gal. For most of the time, we've done new episodes. It was at one time when the basement flooded years ago. That's that we true. Had to do and, a and you know what show. happened? One of our readers, or I'm sorry, one of our listeners uh, had prepped a, a show for us. Yeah. Just had dropped it in our lap just when we needed it, which is, yeah. you know, really that was cool. So wonderful. Our listeners are so wonderful to do nice things for us. They do. And I especially want to thank the listeners. Number one, who kicked my ass to do a GoFundMe last week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after I mentioned that I didn't feel worthy of really doing a, asking people to help me with my dental bills and uh, cardiologist bill. And um, they said, nope, you got to do one. Send me the link. And uh, we've had incredible generosity. Um, mm-hmm. I am 75% through my goal. Uh, just less than $1,000 left of the $4,000 debt that I have, which is just such a weight off my shoulders. Mm-hmm. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, this is the last time I'll mention the GoFundMe, <laughs> this particular <laughs> GoFundMe on the air. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if this is payday week for you and you feel a little flush and can help, great. There is a link at ProLeftPod.com, the GoFundMe link. Tammy very kindly changed the link to our new fundraiser for medical bills. Mm-hmm. And uh, feel free to help us out. If not, uh, if you're tight this month, as many people are, uh, mm-hmm. don't worry about it. And I also want to thank uh, two listeners. One is Stephen, who we uh, have coffee with. He's from Illinois, so we have coffee with him a few times a year. Yeah. And this time, as is usual around this time of year, Stephen mm. brought tomatoes from his garden. Brought oh us many, many gosh. tomatoes. They many were tomatoes. so, they were, he gave them to us and they are gone. <laughs> yes. Uh, so delicious. Nothing we, we like fresh them, grown tomatoes. We use them in many different ways. We, we roasted did. some of them. We sliced some of them. Sandwiches. Um, yeah. 
yeah. all kinds of things. Salad sandwiches. They're just delicious. Mm-hmm. And then we also want to thank Matt uh, yeah. for having coffee with us this week. And uh, like many other listeners, um, Matt has adopted us and we have adopted Matt. Uh, yes. Matt has family members who are Trumpers. Mm-hmm. And so we are now the family members of Matt and his family um, that are not Trumpers that he can uh, consider his extended family. We're, we're sort of so, his, his Foster Brooks parents. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. <laughs> and he's a, he's a sweet guy, very talented, and is involved with all sorts of good things through his church, actually. Some the, went through his church and some through his job. But yeah. Uh, he helps people uh, through music and his other talents, and we're just uh, glad to know him. So, yeah, very much so. And so, this has been a tough week, Driftglass. Uh, the Supreme yeah. Court effectively banned abortion in Texas by making it legal and profitable for bounty hunters to track down and sue anyone who might be even tangentially involved in a woman getting an abortion. Mm-hmm. And after all that QAnon Pizzagate bullshit, mm-hmm. Texas SB eight is the most pro-pedophile bill ever allowed by the Supreme yeah. Court. Yeah, absolutely is. It, it is. It says to your abuser, to your uh, rapist, to your, um, to your family member, um, to your whoever it is that's terrorizing you, they have a right to impregnate you and force you to bear their children. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. their right. And, if, and if, uh, unless you figure out before six weeks that you're pregnant, even though that's not exactly how it's going to work. Right. Uh, and if you're a, if you're 12 or 13 and you wouldn't know what being pregnant felt like anyway. Right. And uh I've heard you from bet. women on Twitter this week who you know found out they were pregnant at 11 and 12 weeks and it was their fourth kid yeah. because pregnancy is an individual experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh I know women who knew the next morning, "Oh my god, I can tell from the way my head feels that I'm pregnant." Um and then there are other people who don't know until they go to the doctor and all of a sudden, oh, really? <laughs> that's that's what's going on? Uh, um, may I read you a, a tweet from um, the smartest man in the universe, uh, all-purpose, savvy pundit, conservative brain wizard Tom Nichols from 2017? You mind if I read that? No, read go right ahead. Uh, Tom Nichols confidently stated in 2017, abortion is never going to be illegal in the United States. But it's a triumph of the left's messaging that so many people think that it's imminent. I think there's going to be some triumph of the left's messaging in the next two years over this issue. Yeah. And Um, I I just can't wait to hear all the people that warned us that this would never happen. mm -hmm. That it's just crazy that you even talk this way. Um, Apologizing and moving out of their pundit chairs. Uh, where they have held the commanding heights for so very long and been so very wrong about everything and saying, you know what? I'm just a fuck up who doesn't understand anything. I'm going to turn this over to Cecile Richards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? That's Stacey Abrams. Why are you talking to me, Matthew Dowd, who doesn't know shit about anything? Talk to Stacey Abrams, who's clearly smarter and better at everything than I will ever be. Um, I look forward to the days when all the shithead pundits who've been wrong all along, almost all conservatives, um, are shoveled out of the way to make room for the people that weren't wrong since the Reagan administration. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this as the podcast goes on. Um, We also want to express uh, love and uh, know that our hearts are with you uh, if you are a victim of the latest hurricane. Hurricane Ida. Yep. Hurricane Ida. 
um, because it wasn't just Louisiana. It went up the East Coast and Mm -hmm. Philadelphia and New Jersey and New York are all flooded. And uh, more people died in the Northeast in flooding than died in Louisiana Mm -hmm. um, because they were ready and they evacuated uh, in Louisiana. Yes, they did. Um, And because socialism worked in Louisiana. Yeah. In, in actually bringing in people to rebuild the levees correctly. And the and, federal government and the yeah. uh, Army Corps of Engineers came in and they didn't use um, graft. <laughs> state, state, the state of Louisiana didn't uh, get their hands in the pie this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, feder- the federal government built levees that held. Go yeah. figure. The thing that kept this from being Katrina, well, two things. One, George W. Bush is no longer president. Mm-hmm. And secondly, big government intervention. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what has kept uh, New Orleans and Louisiana from being the epic disaster that it was after Katrina. And I remember Katrina vividly because I was working for the city of Chicago. It was Labor Day weekend. And everybody from my department was gone except me, basically. So I got the call and I became the point person at the disaster relocation center uh, in Chicago. And we were taking people off the plane with the clothes on their back and nothing else. And the response from the rest of the country was amazing and heroic and proved that, you know, this country can do big things. We can move a lot of people really fast when we put our minds to it. But the response from the Republican administration was such a catastrophic failure, a historic failure on top of all the other failures that that it really did break the back of the Bush administration. And that was when people started declaring that they were independents and never really supported George Bush. And that was the precursor to the Tea Party. The idea that, oh God, it looks like the left was right about George Bush all along, that he he fucked up foreign policy. He lied us into two wars that we're never going to get out of. He he broke an entire state. Uh, he lied about Terry Schiavo. And all of the stuff that we swore would never happen is actually happening now. So let's all put on Tea Party hats and pretend that we never heard of him. Mm-hmm. That way we can get away with hating the black guy who's coming in to clean up all the shit the white guy left behind. Speaking and of, of course, Obama didn't clean up the Iraq, excuse me, the Afghanistan war. No, no he didn't. It took, it took, you know, 15 more years and Joe Biden to do it. Um, and you, you want to talk about the two, maybe we mentioned this last week, the two most important rules of the Beltway that Joe oh, yeah. Biden broke. The reason, I mean, Joe Biden's, you know, being criticized for what he got wrong. And that is rightly so. And- People should be critiqued for the things they get wrong. But Joe Biden is primarily being raked over the coals by the Beltway media and by all of our our never Trump allies who have big megaphones for for doing breaking the two most important rules of politics, American politics. Number one, only Republicans are allowed to start or stop a war, period. How dare this Democrat? come into office and put an end to the last of the neoconservative dreams of conquest throughout the region. That was not his place. Democrats are not, Democrats are supposed to come in and clean up after their shit and be harassed and lied about and sabotaged every inch of the way and then blamed for all the shit they didn't get done because Republicans wouldn't let them do it. And then you elect Donald Trump. That's how history is supposed to unfold. And the second thing that Joe uh, Biden has done, which is unforgivable, the most transgressive thing you can do is making people remember the past. Mm-hmm. Forcing people to remember how we got in there, what our mission was supposed to be, when the mission was over, and why the fuck we're still there. And that is absolutely verboten when it comes to the Beltway. If we started forcing people 
to remember the past, 90% of the Beltway pundit class and 92% of all conservative politicians would be unemployed tomorrow. And so by doing that, by, by stopping a war when that's not the job of a Democrat, and by remembering the past, Joe Biden has really pissed off uh, the people who were going to be marginally pissed off anyway. The, you have in our notes the proliferation of violent rhetoric. That is you something want... you told me to put in the notes. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> well, I put it in the it notes. Does, it, it has been a, a violent couple of weeks in terms of um, school board meetings, uh, candidates like uh, Lauren Boebert talking about the dang door, kick everybody out the dang door, uh, and and... We only need a bunch of guys to go in with zip ties and drag people out of the school board. Yes. Um, and then someone did go to a principal with zip ties over masks mm -hmm. um, and over quarantine. Uh, some child had to be quarantined because their kid was exposed to COVID. Um, the violent rhetoric seems to sell in Republican circles. Yeah. It seems they are doing this because... Polls show that their base loves it when you talk about hurting other people and uh, there's money in it. And that's to me, it's always follow the money. It's if campaign finance reform seems like a distant dream at this point. Mm -hmm. um, but that's what we got to do, because there's as long as there's a profit motive to lie in court, as long as there's a profit motive to use violent rhetoric, as long as there's a profit motive to cheat your own donors and to lie about vaccines, et cetera, et cetera, and really hurt people, uh, it's going to continue. And it's it's hurting the fabric of our nation. It really is. Um, now, Drift Class, some people um, wrote to me last week, over the course of the past week, to say, oh, no, we would like to have five minutes of David Brooks. You know, <laughs> I don't think so. I didn't ask really nicely enough. I'm going to... I'm going to imitate Matt Lewis now and wonder. Oh Lord! You no, know, I need to be seduced. I need to be. Uh, I need to be courted. I need to have honeyed words poured into my ear. If you're, yeah. you're going to be talking about David Brooks, I got to see a little Skrilla up front, I and mean, you got to get me at least one job on cable news. Other than, I don't. Get, I don't take a piss about. I'm talking about David Brooks for less than ten grand. Just so you know. So uh, if you are. If you are currently um, bounty hunting in Texas and you make a little uh, extra money and want to send it my way. As long as you're bounding hunting uh, uh, gun owners and Republican politicians, I think mm -hmm. everyone's a target now. So send that money my way. Um, no, I, I think I think it's uh, the, one of the sort of again to use the word crushing things about uh, about being involved in the political arena arena for as long as we've been is that how utterly predictable everything is. How you can just see, it's like watching the same movie again and again, and you know how it's going to end. You know where the twists are. It's not a good movie. It's a shitty movie. This is not The Godfather. This is Porky's 2. And we know, <laughs> we know where all the tricks and traps are and all the dialogue, and it's like we're being forced to watch the same shitty movie over and over again. So it should come as absolutely no surprise to anyone that, that the Weekly Standard turned New York Times' biggest Iraq war and Afghanistan war pimp David Brooks uh, used his opportunity to be on PBS, which he gets to be on every week for reasons, again, that does, don't make any sense, to to wring his hands about what a terrible mistake it was to leave uh, Afghanistan. Uh, David Brooks says, um, uh, I, uh, President, on the subject of Biden handling this moment in history in, in his presidency, 
I think he's handling it very poorly. I thought the decision to leave was a mistake. I thought we'd achieved some level of stability and we could manage the problem. I think we just invited the downfall. Um, and then he goes on and on about how there was this survey about in the Middle East and uh, people are sick of the Taliban, uh, you know, this popular. He doesn't mention which poll it is or who conducted it or anything. But David Brooks, who's always wrong about everything, is pretty sure people are sick in that region of theocracy. And they're just on the, they're just on the verge. They're just on the verge of turning in, into, a, into a democracy. And we left just before, you know, three or four freedom units to go. <laughs> we would have crossed the finish line and they would have had a democracy there. But no, Joe Biden had to, after 20 years, uh, pull us out of there. Um, and, you know, we were beginning to see, now I'm quoting again, uh, to have a little momentum. Uh, and theocracy is taking some blows. Uh, and we betrayed our allies. And we're doing it in the most shambolic way. And so I think a lot of people will take a look at this week. And certainly a lot of people I've been I've been reading think it's, this is what the na- the national decline looks like. It's not just we're pulling out of a war we, sh- we should have left 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. This is a sign to David Brooks of our nation in decline. Because mm-hmm. he likes to make grand statements about that and, when Democrats are in office. And the host, I don't know, uh, Amna Nawaz, I don't know who that is. I don't watch PBS NewsHour. I just look at the transcripts. Um, ask, are, are you saying we shouldn't leave at all? And David Brooks sort of petulantly says, well, now it's too late. But yes, I thought that's, we talked about it weeks ago. And I thought over the last year, we had 2,500 people there. They're not in combat roles. We hadn't combat fatality. And there's some problems you don't solve. You just try to manage them, David Brooks says. You don't solve them. You manage them forever. Forever. We're going to stay forever. This is Afghanistan, as as Hal Sparks says, 51st state, Afghanistan, Mm -hmm. 51st state. And, And once again, Mr. Brooks, you just try to live another day. So Afghans can decide their own future. We've learned over the past 20 years by we, I assume you mean you, David Brooks. We can't decide anybody's future for them. We can't invade and tell them, here's the kind of government you're going to have, which is literally all David Brooks has ever advocated when it comes to foreign policy, doing exactly mm-hmm. that. And he famously shit all over the anyone on the left who suggested that was a terrible idea. Now, Well, his, I, his stock dividends require him to mm-hmm. say that. And, yeah. and and the, the 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 cherry on top, this whole thing is, look, you just stick it out. You stay however long you have to stay. If it's forever, it's forever. You might not forever. like it. It might suck. This is the guy who dumped his wife yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and lied about it for a couple of years until he got caught doing it. And then, then basically shit on her in, the, in his own New York Times column mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and talked about the heroism of breaking up and how important it is to move on. Um, you know, there's, there is – David Brooks puts on such a, a, a thin – convincing act of being a decent human being when he is manifestly not he's a selfish whiny myopic asshole and he always has been and the reason i know this is because i went to church with david brooks it wasn't church it was the um hammerschmidt chapel in illinois when he was there a decade ago more than a decade ago and a woman stood up and asked him a question about our involvement in the iraq war Mm-hmm. And and didn't you say all these terrible things about the war critics? And now that we're now that now that we're fucked and the war's just now the war's a disaster. What do you have to say? And, and the video said, that you made of that, he she said she had clips. She had clips. That she had clips. clips. Is, out of his writing. This is of, what you wrote. What yeah. do you say now? And he says, oh, I don't think I ever wrote anything like that. Yeah. When cornered, David Brooks will always lie about his own past. Always. And the reason he gets away with it 
is because he is in a medium surrounded by colleagues who will cover his fucking ass because he will cover their ass, which is why nothing ever moves. Nothing ever changes, which is why this is such a tedious exercise, because David Brooks is fucking lying about things all the time. And he makes sure or his management team makes sure or the media makes sure that he is never around someone who can push him even slightly in that direction. That's true of all pundits, by the way. This is true of Matthew Dowd, it's true of Tom Nichols, it's true right across the board. These are people who are absolutely confident that nobody will ever get within a thousand yards of them or a thousand yards of a microphone who can ask them anything embarrassing about their past. And if they do, it can just be dismissed with, I never did that, and they'll move on. And nothing changes. That was a decade ago, more than a decade ago. And David Brooks is still in the same fucking job at the same fucking newspaper, showing up at the same fucking PBS and NPR station every Friday, having the same goddamn book deals and lying the same lies he always has with no repercussions at all. And that's, and that's what- Drift Glass, that, that leads us to um, someone else who apparently believes he has absolutely no repercussions at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's Kevin McCarthy, the yeah. House Minority Leader, yeah, who is committing witness tampering and obstruction of justice in plain sight, in front of a microphone, yeah. with TV cameras running that he knows are there, uh, out in the open, no question that he's doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, Glenn Kirshner uh, came out on his web show and said, I don't understand why this guy hasn't been arrested. Yeah, well. Um, it is uh, thuggery. It is, as you said, you know, it's, it's nice telecom company you have there. You know, mm-hmm. be a shame if anything happened to it. Snitches get stitches. Uh, what he said, he openly threatened to use a GOP controlled house, which he believes will happen in 2022, mm-hmm. to punish private companies that comply with lawful subpoenas issued by the House. This is his institution. Mm-hmm. Uh, the House Select Committee examining the January 6th insurrection, if these telecom companies cooperate with lawful subpoenas, he has threatened that the GOP House will hurt them. They'll, re- they'll after remember. After 2022. They'll remember and they'll pay. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Marjorie Taylor Greene came out and echoed that statement on Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is now a uh, talking point among House members. Mm-hmm. Uh McCarthy lashed out at the select committee over its directive earlier this week that telecommunications and social media companies should preserve records that might be relevant to the January 6th investigation. McCarthy said that if these companies turn over any information, they will be in violation of federal law, adding a Republican majority will not forget and will stand with Americans to hold them fully accountable. Mm -hmm. That is an explicit threat to use the Republican majority, in his words, to punish compliance with congressional subpoenas that serve an investigation into an effort to overturn U.S. democracy through mob intimidation and violence. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ought to be arrested for it. And I, I, it's going to be interesting to see whether Benny Thompson decides that this committee is going to have teeth to arrest people who, who won't comply with subpoenas. Um, we'll see what happens. But uh, I'm, I'm glad to see uh, McCarthy so terrified because that tells me there's a there there. Oh, I'm too. I'm very glad. And it means he's in a corner and he's armed. Yeah. And he's not, and you'll, you'll never take me alive, copper. Yeah. Right. You know, right. That's, that's, and this is making overt what has been going on in the Republican heart and mind for decades. Mm-hmm. This has mm-hmm. always been their attitude that there's a one set of rules for us and a completely separate set of rules for everyone else, especially Democrats, especially brown Democrats. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it should be. 
we should not have to have the same um, I, that same laws enforced on us that are enforced on them. We should not have to live by the same standards because we are God's chosen people. Mm-hmm. And th- mm-hmm. those th- they're all deviants and heretics. Mm-hmm. And whatever we do to them is acceptable in the eyes of God because we're, right. On the, we're the right and they're wrong. I think you're right to turn this into holy war rhetoric because that's it how is. they feel. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, not, and it's nowhere truer than in Texas yep. where they've now decided we're going to have a forced birth state. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, this and vigilantes is, and yeah, vigilantes gonna, to enforce it. Yeah, the, and I think Charlie Pierce brought it up, and I know other people have. You know, the Kansas-Nebraska Act. This is this is the slave hunter mentality mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that we're going to we're going to allow bounties to allow private citizens to go out and do the law enforcement vigilante work for the government because we can't do that shit because that's illegal. But we can make it in civil court profitable for private citizens to hunt down people. Uh, and we're and the Supreme Court is cool with that. Let's let's not pretend this is the Roberts Court anymore. The Roberts Court was never any prize, but Roberts has is completely bulldozed. This is now the Kavanaugh Court. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Kavanaugh Court will do whatever the fuck it wants to do, which is why you know once again we hear Susan Collins you know wringing her hands expressing concern um, because you know this is. This is not what he promised me when he took down my pants. He, I gave him my I gave him my womanhood and he betrayed me. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this, and, and but of course he was going to do that. And of course everyone knew Susan Collins was going to fall for it. And of course Susan Collins was going to be reelected. And of course she was going to say this bullshit now that it's too late. Because that's how the system works. And there is no way to fix that system without burning a su- substantial portion of it down. There's no way to 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 fix this without stopping this pretense that Republicans are anything but the enemy of democracy and treat them as such. Treat them with your in your rhetoric. Treat them at, in your family. Treat them this way on the street. Treat them this way when they're up answering questions at a town hall, if they ever do those things again. That person up there with the microphone cutting a ribbon hates you and hates this country. Treat them that way. Don't play nice with people who have nothing but contempt for you and want to take your country away from you. And this is why... Honestly, it is almost impossible for any of our never Trumpers to admit they were ever wrong because this has been going on for decades. Every word that's come out of the right for decades, whether it was about policy shit or culture war stuff or anything, was always stitched with, always seething with contempt for people like us, for people on the left. Um, Whether it was the deficits or foreign policy or healthcare or abortion or whatever, there's always the, because the left are America-hating, baby-killing commies spin to all of it. Which works. Which works. That's how you sell that. It's what Rachel Bittacoffer calls negative partisanship. And that works. That motivates people. And and even your dearest never Trump friends, with one or two exceptions, steeped in that shit for so long that there's no way they can unwind that fundamental concept that the left are just awful, sneaky bastards who hate this country from their identities. That is their identity. That's why you can't trust these people because they will always revert back to, yeah, but the left is shitty. Now, that's why right now, guess what's back? The the pundit's favorite little little black dress. It's perfect for all occasions and it never goes out of style. It's both sides do it. Mm-hmm. Both mm-hmm. siderism is making a huge comeback because mm-hmm. there's no other way to justify being a Republican for the last 30 years or 40 years or 50 right. years Right. And still, and, and then finding something, and then say, well, you know, the left is bad too. I, I can't, I can't acknowledge that I was wrong, because let's face it, people like Tom Nichols, their whole shtick, their whole medicine show, is I'm the smartest guy in the room, and you're all idiots. And to acknowledge that he's that fucking deeply wrong, either means he's stupid, 
at a, at a level that is just earth. Well, he admitted for five seconds that he was wrong about Roe v. Wade, and then he deleted the tweet. Right, because he's a fucking coward. He's a fucking coward. Nichols is a fucking coward. Well, people, and people were going to call him out and say, well, why are you still a Republican then? Right. Well, you know, and then, then he'll go yada, 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 Reagan, yada, yada, Carter in yeah, the 60s. Right, right, like, right. Yeah, but what about your entire adult life? What, what about, about the women movie? today? What about yeah. women now? Right. What about, what about women black the last, women now, Tom what Nichols? Women, what about black women for the last 40 years? Right. Tom you know, Nichols. You, Hello. You know, during your entire adult life, all of your arguments about the 60s are bullshit. What mm-hmm. about now? And it's like, I don't want to talk about now. And I, I find your whole argument trite and boring and I block you. Mm-hmm. Well, no, because you're a fucking coward and you have a book to sell about how smart you are. And that, <laughs> doesn't, that doesn't fly if there's some asshole from the Midwest who doesn't have a blue check and isn't a big deal who can stand next to you and point out all the ways in which you are a hollow shill and a fraud. Okay. Before we get too personal here, Driftglass. <laughs> I yeah. feel like you're good. Oh, Tom, well, Tom never listens to this. <laughs> no, Charlie Spikes does, but Tom doesn't. So I'm pretty secure in doing that. Uh, but, but I want to just briefly get into negative partisanship. As yeah. Rachel Bittacoffer says, you know, this is what works. This is what motivates voters. And what is what I find so interesting is that um, Republicans since before Newt Gingrich, but Newt Gingrich turned it into a scientific experiment. Right. Of a noun, a verb, blame Democrats. And that is how we will get a rabid base of Republican voters who will never vote against us no matter what we do because Democrats are worse. And they're brainwashed to believe that, that that it, and whether it's Solyndra or Benghazi or tarmac or whatever word they use, mm-hmm. that is a trigger word to connect you to, oh, Democrats are evil. Um, you know, now it's wristwatch. That's the latest one is, you know, Biden looked at his watch. Well, he was looking at his rosary beads on his left wrist mm-hmm. and probably saying the rosary while the bodies were being rolled onto the tarmac of 13 soldiers. No, no, I, no. All liberals are, all Democrats are atheists, Blue Gal. Everyone, everyone knows this. <laughs> They're God-hating, America-hating atheists. Also, he everyone can't be a Catholic that. and be pro-choice. No, 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 no. Gotcha. <laughs> I, it, it just... But here's what I don't understand is is how uh, Republicans have I guess it's because they want to now make Democrats their enemy even more. And so everything they do is to trigger the libs. Well, it has to. be, And yeah. And so if that is the purpose of your um, political party, mission accomplished, you've done it this week. And uh, Nancy Pelosi is working to codify Roe v. Wade from the mm-hmm. House floor. Uh, Illinois and Massachusetts are go- have worked to codify. I actually, I, I don't know about whether Massachusetts, I believe Massachusetts has already done as well, but um, J.B. Prisker has, and the Illinois legislature have codified women's rights uh, here in Illinois. That's, yes. It's state law. We're, we're, we're in it. We're in it for, for the war. Yeah. It's, we're war. We're, it's called civil war now. Mm-hmm. Um. And so it's, but it's not just abortion drift class. You no. you wrote in our notes, Texas, goddamn, what a week for Texas. And it it was 666 laws going into effect. Yeah. Did they not want to just take one off? No. <laughs> so it wouldn't no. be 666? No. That's so weird that they would not, that they would decide that number was okay. Um, why don't they just add one? Why don't they just make it, you know, national be an asshole words, day. <laughs> Six 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 owns the lib, so you know. Oh, ha, I see. Ha ha ha. Yeah. yeah. 
So uh, abortion is now effectively illegal in Texas and profitable for bounty hunters who hunt down anyone, even mm-hmm. peripherally involved like an Uber driver yeah. uh, in a woman getting an abortion before six weeks. Right. Texas State House Speaker banned the word racism. You're not allowed to use the word racism while talking about our voting rights bill. Uh, a, a new law banning the teaching of critical race theory. This is going on all over the place. So yeah. they're yeah, doing well, this in the Carolinas, too. It, it's a race, uh, but Texas is winning at the moment. A Texas principal was suspended after being accused of teaching critical race theory. Parents accused Principal Whitfield by name at the July 26th assembly which violates board meeting rules. And the principal responded on social media days later. I am not the critical race theory boogeyman, he wrote on Facebook. I am the first African-American to assume the role of principal at my current school in its 25-year history. And I'm keenly aware of how much fear this strikes in the hearts of a small minority who would do much ra- who would much rather things go back to the way they used to be. And then the punchline. Yeah, the district also made him remove an anniversary photo with his wife, who is white, that they made and put on Facebook because racist parents complained about the two of them being uh, going swimming together, uh, not nude, not sexual. They were swimming together. They were hugging uh, on an anniversary, on the anniversary photo on their anniversary. And, and now swimming. we know what critical race theory really means. That's what critical race theory really mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Um, Texas banned COVID contact tracing. Uh, once Texas' most important tool against COVID-19, the state abandoned contact tracing. As of September 1st, Texas no longer is allowed to do contact tracing. Overnight, the Texas Department of State Health Services removed a, f- a frequently asked question page on the practice referring to it as the oldest, most utilized, and most important tool public health uses to manage infectious diseases. The new state budget, which took effect September 1st, prohibits the use of state funds for the purpose of contract tracing. Overcoming a six-week walkout by Democrats, Texas Republicans passed new draconian restrictions on the state's voting process, which will now be signed into law by Greg Abbott. Now, um, I mentioned Illinois and Governor Pritzker, Mm -hmm. uh, best governor in the U.S. of A., Uh, And here is what Governor Pritzker in Illinois tweeted after um, the Supreme Court uh, allowed Texas to go ahead with Mm -hmm. um, SB8. And this was a thread of tweets. Uh, My heart hurts for the people of Texas, where state leaders put their radical and dangerous ideological agenda above the health and safety of the people they serve. Abortion bans don't ban abortion. They endanger women. I proudly joined our General Assembly in enacting Illinois' Reproductive Health Act, guaranteeing the fundamental right to choose and, crucially, the access necessary to make choice possible. Illinois is proud to be a beacon of hope in the Midwest, as demonstrated by the women forced to travel from Missouri to receive basic medical care. But let's be clear. Nobody should be forced to cross state lines to see a doctor. This latest attack proves reproductive health care needs to be enshrined into law. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, we do have uh, abortion tourism into the state of Illinois. Yes, we do. And um, we're going to get a lot more, too. Yeah. And yeah. I, I appreciate that this should be enshrined into law. Never will be. Not, Nationwide, not in, you don't think so? No, not in my lifetime. No, state by state, maybe, but with um, a wildly out of balance Supreme Court run by Brett Kavanaugh, 
um, and a Senate and House that are either going to be very equally balanced or going to fall Well, I want to see what suburban white women do in 2022 and 2024 about this. I, because I agree. we have, you know, you have what might be called moderate Republican white women in the suburbs who vote for safety and vote right. for values and blah, 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 who have college age daughters. Yes, they do. Oh, I, and the the right to abortion is rape the life of the mother and me and mm-hmm. my daughter and my convenience. And I will, it, you know, I told you about this. We called it in Alabama where everybody's a Baptist and everybody loves Jesus and nobody's for abortion and everybody votes Republican. But everybody knows about a $400 shopping trip to Atlanta mm-hmm. where you go to Atlanta and you go to a clinic that's got a little brass plaque on the door it mm-hmm. doesn't say Planned Parenthood outside. No. And you walk in with $400 cash and they take care of it. And, right. you know, it's a very, very nice place. Sure it is. And then you go home and you go to church and you say, I'm not perfect. I'm just forgiven mm-hmm. because white women can always fucking forgive themselves right. for a mistake. Oh, she just made a mistake. A little mistake. Fuck you. Know. you. That happens. You're going to re- vote Republican after that? I'm Fuck sure. you. It's it's quite possible it would be enshrined in law. My argument counter to that, which is breaks my heart, is that the Kavanaugh court would strike it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That the, the, the people who are on the court now and will be on the court. They're, they they've been groomed since before law school. Yeah, to do this, they were selected this for this. Yep. Donald Trump said, "I'm going to put people on the court who will get rid of Roe versus Wade." He mm-hmm. was very clear about that. Mm-hmm. And a, a woman named Hillary something something. I don't remember her last name warned this was going to happen and mm-hmm. everyone said mm-hmm. calm the fuck down calm again you're um, being um, hysterical yeah yeah um especially a certain you know a certain lady senator who's very concerned all the time but never really does anything right um and and so it wouldn't surprise me if we're going to look if we're looking at a decade of laws being passed and being struck down laws being passed and being struck down laws being passed and being skirted around the supreme court says on the shadow docket well it's nothing we can do because that's just what they did. They're, 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 it, is, it is enshrined in law. It's called Roe versus Wade. That and is so, the- so, and so we have a, a two-part country. We, have, yeah. oh, we yeah. have a country where it's illegal in some states and there's travel where possible. Right. Mm-hmm. And as usual, poor women in those other states just suffer. And God help you if you're traveling through Texas mm-hmm. and had an abortion because they can snatch you off the street. Why wouldn't they? If you if you had an abortion in Minnesota and were visiting a relative in Austin, why wouldn't well, someone? Well, if you're rich and white and shopping there, then they're not going to bother you. Well, yeah, that's that's always it's always the difference. I, I did I did I'm sure I went overtime on uh, on David. Well, Brooks, we're so. not going to go overtime today, so let's move on to the next. Well, part you know, what, of I'll our just notes, I'll, yeah. I will I because I know all of you listeners hunger for updates about Matthew Dowd. How he's how's he doing? What's going on with that guy? That, that wacky <laughs> no. man. The king no. of both sides do it for, you know, pretty much the entire uh, campaign and years, decades before that. Um, I'm just going to read this and and let your knowledge of the history of Matthew Dowd, let you finish this adventure yourself. Let your imagination take over for where this goes. I'm just going to read you a tweet from Matthew Dowd this week. Um, sometime between his appearances on MSNBC and CNN, he had time to tweet the following. What I find incredibly disappointing is that so many in news media Land-based politicians who won't admit errors when the facts are revealed, but then they simultaneously won't admit their own errors as the narrative they spun turns out to be wrong based on data. That's Matthew Dowd saying that. Matthew Dowd, who nuked his entire Twitter archive 
just so no one would be able to hold up a tweet from him from 2016 and say, look, asshole, you were the king of both sides. Do it. Because you were the wants- king of the corrupt duopoly and vote yeah. third party in 2016. You were in the chorus. You were leading the fucking band. Mm-hmm. And even after Trump got elected, you stuck to that bullshit until actually Trump, you know, kicked you in the nuts often enough to go, maybe Trump Trump voters are are not good people. And now <laughs> and now you're on evangelizing like some guy named Driftglass did uh, until you blocked him on Twitter for saying exactly what you're saying now. So I don't object to him changing his mind. I object to him lying about it mm-hmm. and getting very self-righteous about other people covering up their past when that is the only reason he still has a fucking job is he wiped his record clean, took white out to his resume and pretended the last 20 years never happened. I um, got to talk for a minute about a golf Twitter. Oh yes. Uh, a golf Twitter uh, has a building in New York city with his name on it. Yes, he does. Um, and his tenants have fallen behind on their rent drift glass oh, and, no. and moved out. Oh, no. Uh, but um, a golf Twitler has one reliable customer, his own political action committee. Mm-hmm. Um, as you have planned, you're now planning your new comedy on Hulu Drift Glass, only mm-hmm. grifters in the building. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, a sure that we can get Steve Martin uh, and Martin and Short, Martin to, Short do to do only grifters in the building. I think yeah. it'd be great. Mm-hmm. Um, but per the Washington Post, this this first sentence um, is my favorite. Using the uh, renting out floors on Trump t- in Trump Tower, this may not be the most efficient use of donors' money. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so buckle up. I gotta say that again. This may not be the most efficient use of donors' money. Do you got that? Okay. The person familiar with Trump's political action committee said that its staffers do not regularly use the office space. Also, for several months, Trump's political action committee paid the Trump organization $3,000 per month to rent a retail kiosk in the tower's lobby, even though the lobby was closed. (laughs) Okay. Oh, that's kind of cute. Campaign finance experts. This is the part that gets me mad. The fact that Trump is a fucking criminal. I just accept that. Mm -hmm. Campaign finance experts said the payments do not appear to be illegal. This kind of political action committee has very few restrictions and no expiration date. So Trump is free to spend its money at his own properties as long as he wants. And this takes you back to Stephen Colbert and Jon Stewart when they started their political action committees and spent them on silver and gold shoes and, you know, just to show that they could do it. These campaign finance experts said that Trump is continuing a practice that was a hallmark of his presidency by exploiting loose regulations and his own supporters' trust to convert political donations into private revenue for himself. Mm -hmm. And I received a tweet from our follower, Nick, Uh, who said, I know it's only me, but it's almost like I'm tired of hearing about this motherfucker committing crimes nonstop and holding Hitler rallies without anyone doing anything to stop him. Yep. Gotta agree with that. Yep. Uh, Um, Drift Glass, you know I have the term Glenn Greenwald muted on Twitter. And I've noticed um, a a lightning of your mood ever since then. Ever since Uh, then. A certain joyous bounce to your step. uh, And I still have Ann Coulter blocked, even though she now agrees that uh, Joe Biden was the only president with balls enough to get us out of Afghanistan. I I wrote a whole thing about 
I'm very confused. Is Ann Coulter yeah. our, our ally now? Because those are the rules, right? Anytime uh-huh. anyone says something bad about yeah. Trump or good about Biden, they're our ally. And we're not allowed to question anything they do because now they're our allies. Um, well, that was Tom Nichols, too, who insists that I must want him as part of my coalition. If I right. don't, I'm hurting my own cause. Right. What's wrong with you that you don't you won't do things my way? Well, you, won't, know, you won't obey me. And that right. makes me part of your coalition. Well, you know what? And I'd be perfectly willing to sit down like at the Charlie Rose isn't using his table anymore. Um, So I'd be perfectly willing to sit down at that round table and say, okay, Tom, now explain to me how someone whose own political party is completely fucked in the head and you never noticed how that person should be put in charge of my political party. Explain that to me in little words, because I'm not smart like you are, Tom. I'm a dumb, dumb liberal. So explain this to me. I guarantee you the first words out of his mouth will be, well, four years ago. Yeah, well, four years ago. Well, six years ago. You know, 2016. Yeah, let's talk about 2009, Tom. Let me read you a series of quotes and tweets from Rick Wilson from the Obama administration. Oh, my God. They're very, very racist. Oh, my God. Listen to him talk about Hillary Clinton, how she doesn't give a shit when people die because she's just, you know, a a heartless bitch who's perfectly okay with that. That was your party up until five fucking minutes ago. And either you were okay with it or you didn't notice it. So either you're stupid or you're complicit. Once again, your party, which you abandoned uh, in 2018, by the way, not 2016, your party is fucked in the head and has been fucked in the head for decades. So again, explain to me why you should be in charge of my party, which isn't fucked in the head and isn't broken and isn't full of brainwashed assholes. So, you know, have your five minutes, Tom. You go right ahead. But speaking of Glenn Greenwald, I thought I'd read a little thing because I know you all hunger for updates about Glenn Greenwald. No. No, I no don't. one does. Um, <laughs> here is Chelsea Manning on the Twitter machine, which my wife called this to my attention. My wife, who, who mutes Glenn Greenwald's name, called this to my attention. Mm-hmm. Chelsea Manning says, Glenn Greenwald, I don't have $10,000 right now, but if I get it, I want to send it back to you from a donation you once did. I can't deal with this anymore. I'm terrified of you and everything you do. You're greedy, unprincipled, and I'm embarrassed forever considering you a friend. Good for her. I'm not going to comment because it speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Res, res, well, it's so and he responded by retweeting her mm-hmm. and talking about her mental health issues. Right. Because he's an asshole. Because he's a vicious, venomous asshole and he yep. always has been. I would go back to 2009 or 10 or 11 to pull Glenn Greenwald's uh, tweets, but he deleted all those, didn't he? Deleted he deleted all of them. He deleted yeah. all them. It's funny how all these transparency assholes, all these hold them accountable assholes, all burn their own resume yeah. the minute it becomes inconvenient to have a past in the first place. Mm-hmm. But they, they never lose their indignant sense of self-righteousness and I'm the smartest guy in the room. Um, should I mention David Frum? Well, just mention what he, I mean, what he said was an analysis that was actually really smart about it. it. And, and But I, I feel like we talked about it last week, but I know you talked about it uh I think when we, we talked about it with, with listeners, and I am I'm getting confused as to when I, we. I think talked we talked about, about it with Matt. I looked. I did look up at our. our this is inside baseball. I looked up our YouTube uh-huh. and went to the transcript, and the name David Frum did not appear. Okay, all right. So if I am repeating myself, I'm old and I'm just a dumb, dumb liberal. Just ask Tom Nichols. You know, <laughs> I, I, I get confused. What can I say? I'm looking at my rosary right now. Well, no, I'm looking at my watch. And uh, half the time, you know, you and I have talked about something on the podcast three or four times throughout the week, and we yes. just we're recording a chunk of that conversation. Well, so. and, again, behind the scenes, originally this podcast 
is exactly what it is now, which is yeah. this is how we talk during the day. This is the stuff we talk yeah. about. So this That's is right. just a microphone intruding into our normal conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I did come to you this week, or maybe it was last Friday, probably when we were having um, a beer with with a listener, that shocking to me and hilarious that the most clear-eyed assessment of Afghanistan and progressivism on the $3.5 trillion uh, infrastructure bill uh, came from David Frum mm-hmm. on Mona Charon's uh, podcast where they really, really, really want to just bitch and bitch and bitch about Joe Biden and the left and profligate spending and why doesn't anyone take deficit seriously? And David Frum came on and said, no, Afghanistan, getting out of Afghanistan is a good thing uh, for a lot of reasons. One is it, it, it the most important one is that it, it frees us up to be able to do other things. We're no longer dependent on Pakistan to allow us to truck in our supplies. So basically we were hostage to this this hostile state for all of the support that we needed to keep our presence there going. Getting out's a great thing. It's a good idea. We should have done it. And like, and that's, and then you could hear this sort of cricket tumbleweed silence because mm-hmm. <laughs> that is not what they were expecting to hear. And then they got started ragging about, you know, how Democrats spend money and $3.5 trillion. And, and I think David from dis- disagrees with spending that much money and, you know, that's fine. But what he said was, and I'm not quoting verbatim, but I'm quoting sort of in, in spirit, that he thinks basically progressives have fucking had it with the whole cycle of Republicans spend money like drunken sailors and don't do shit about it. And the Democrats come along and want to spend on Democratic priorities and, and Republicans suddenly become deficit hawks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He thinks progressives are kind of sick of that. Yeah. But you know what? Fuck that. you. You guys just spent $2 trillion and there was a single goddamn march anywhere about the deficits. Uh, uh, all you righteous right-wingers yeah. didn't say shit about it when Trump was pissing away $2 trillion for tax cuts for rich people and corporations. Mm-hmm. So shut the fuck up with Democrats spending money, investing money in poor it's and working class Americans. It's going to pay itself back yes. in payroll taxes. And he says, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I'm worried about spending lots and lots of money because I worry about such things. But I can kind of see their point because <laughs> nobody on the right ever takes deficits seriously when they're creating them. Right. When Democrats come along... The same people who never give a shit about it turn to the Democrats like they turned to Clinton, like they turned to Obama and said, now it's your job to clean it up. And mm-hmm. you can't spend a fucking nickel until you clean up our mess. Right. And I think progressives are kind of had it with that. We're done. We're and done. He's, and and that, that really did kind of set them on their heels. They're like, oh, you know. Well, Nobody ever talked to them on. that way before. And it yeah. took David Frum because right. Drift Glass would never be invited no. into that room no, to say no, it. No, no, so. no, no, no. And he and he had to agree with them on you know fifty one percent of what they were saying, but it was remarkably clear eyed and sober. And when they do things like that, I think it bears mentioning that there is someone out there who actually isn't completely drunk on whatever Kool Aid drink on the never Trump yeah, Trump style. Yeah. So good for him. All right, uh, we're going to do a news roundup starting with the Texas abortion bill, and yeah. and I we've talked about it enough and what it is and why it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I want to make sure that we are not portraying the women of Texas as victims because no. Texas is the state of Ann Richards and Molly Ivins and our angel nerd Tammy, who are all righteous bitches. Well, and and Ann Richards' daughter Cecile Richards. Right. So, and you know, these and are, so yeah. uh, we've gotten a lot of uh, emails and tweets from listeners in the past five days of please help talk me off the ledge, help me right. stay sane, you know, so forth. What I would like to do is everyone who's listening, if you're not driving or operating heavy machinery, put your fist in the air for Texas women. Mm-hmm. And, you mm-hmm. know, blessed is the fight 
Mm -hmm. uh, the theme that runs through the Handmaid's Tale of the bastardized Latin, but it means don't let the bastards get you down. And we're going to fight for Texas women and Texas women are going to fight for Texas women. Well, and this is why they're so hellbent on on voter suppression. Yes, in addition to Because they know goddamn well that if actual people were allowed to vote freely and fairly in every state, they would be swept from power um, tomorrow. Uh And and they'd be kept in a dark corner until the crazies died out or went away or got involved in some other crackpot shit. Because it is overwhelmingly obvious that what Texas is doing is just evil. And And the reason you know that is because you don't see any Republicans cheering about it. Fox News is not mentioning it. No, that's not true. They spent, I think, thirty-five seconds um, on the, in, in the in the uh, intro, which yes. was news, glossing Reading over the it. News and then, readers said it, but Fox and Friends did not mention it. No, then they went rushed into the failed Biden administration. Failed Biden administration. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. The Supreme Court's dramatic five-four action, leaving a Texas abortion ban in place at midnight Wednesday, establishes the Roberts Court is no longer the Roberts Court. It is the Kavanaugh Court. It is. Uh, in the Disney wingnut outpost of Florida, the Senate president announced that they will be passing a model of the Texas abortion law. Um, also, Florida had the, um, they changed the way they reported COVID-19 death data to the CDC as cases ballooned in August, giving the appearance that the pandemic was in decline. Until three weeks ago, Florida counted deaths by the date they were recorded. But on August 10th, the state began counting new deaths by the state, the p- date the person died. Using the old methodology, a common method used by most states, Florida death data would have shown an average of 262 daily deaths. Instead, Florida showed 46 new deaths per day over the previous seven days. And even with that new format, um, Thursday was the highest death toll in recorded history in the state of Florida for COVID-19. Well, and it, you know, they're bending the curve because the U.S. averaged more than 100,000 COVID hospitalizations a day over the last week. This is the highest seven-day average since mid-January when nearly 140,000 people were hospitalized. So, and this is why in local- Per day. Per day. This is why in local news, I'm sure this is true wherever you are, unless you're living, you know, on a well-protected island or in Canada, um, a lot of the social and civic events in Springfield are being pushed back to spring Mm because everyone thinks, well, thank you, you anti-mask, anti-vax fuckers. Um, now we're going to have another winter in lo- in virtual lockdown, mm-hmm. um, wiping surfaces and making sure that we're okay and checking our blood levels and wearing masks because a minority of Americans would rather turn themselves into plague vector terrorist bioweapons to undo the Biden administration than let us live in peace and govern this country as a democracy. It's on them. This is their doing. If you are furious that you're going to have to spend the winter locked down, thank a fucking Republican because that's who's to blame for this. Uh, In local news, the United Center now requires proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test for Chicago Bulls and Blackhawks games. Uh, We're going to do a compare and contrast. In Ohio, a judge has ordered a Cincy hospital to treat COVID-19 patients with ivermectin despite CDC warnings. A Butler County judge ruled in favor of a woman last week who sought to force a local hospital to administer ivermectin, an animal dewormer that federal regulators have warned against using COVID-19 patients to her husband after several weeks in the ICU with the disease. I have a friend who is a Cincinnati blogger, and uh, he says that everybody knows this Butler County judge, and he's a hot Trumper mess. So there you go. Now, meanwhile, 
in our own backyard here in Sangamon County, Memorial Hospital won its court case to deny that use of that drug as a COVID-19 treatment. A Sangamon County judge ruled Monday means that, uh, I'm sorry, a Sangamon County judge's ruling Monday means an Auburn man hospital for COVID-19 at Memorial Medical Center will be denied a controversial drug thought to reduce viral complications but normally used to treat people and animals for parasitic worms. The wife of Randy Klaus, 61, lost her bid to force Memorial to stick him with ivermectin, a drug mentioned on Fox News host Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram as a possible treatment for COVID-19. She should have the right to save her husband, said her stupid lawyer. But a Springfield lawyer named William Davis of Brown, Hay, and Stevens representing the Springfield Hospital, where Mr. Klaus has been hospitalized for almost six weeks and the last four of them on a ventilator said ivermectin as a COVID-19 treatment is unproven and potentially unsafe. Her husband's unconscious on a ventilator and she's trying to give him sheep dewormer because, because of what she saw on Fox. And Sean and Laura said to do it. Yeah. You know what? I, to be to be perfectly fair to her, mm-hmm. um, if that were me yeah. and I were desperate to save the life of the woman I love, I would be I would be grasping at straws. But mm-hmm. I would not be no, grasping at straws. No, I'm sure she's straw. desperate. Yeah. But- She's got liars and propagandists feeding into her brain. Well, and no and one told her to watch Fox for medical advice. No. And even though our government governor has issued a statewide mask mandate for everyone two and older, our mayor has decided to ignore it for the time being because of home rule. And also, Springfield Mayor Jim Langfelder is backing away from his plan to require regular COVID testing for all unvaccinated city employees yeah. because he's weak. That's leadership, honey. It's the wing nuts who are the majority in my town might dislike me. And uh, I, it's, it, it does involve cutting a ribbon in front of a piece of highway, so he doesn't mm-hmm. want to do it. Uh, because of the Delta variant, a number of anti-vaxxer, anti-mask idiots are still on the loose here in Springfield. A growing number of planned civic social events have been postponed till spring, as I mentioned before. And this one, this one just kills me. Uh, WCIS is one of our local Sinclair affiliates. And they depend on keeping their meathead conservative viewers whipped up about something at all times. So on Twitter, they asked the following question. The teacher removed the American flag from her classroom because, quote, it made me uncomfortable. She told students they could pledge allegiance to the gay pride flag. Thoughts? Question mark. Here's what you need to know. WCIS is a local Springfield, Sangamon County, Sinclair Broadcasting affiliate. This thing happened with one teacher in one classroom in an alternative high school with a total of 160 students 2,000 miles away in Orange County, California. So why the fuck was this on my television? Because it's going to outrage people. Because it'll make the, the, the octogenarian asshole Republicans in this town angry, and angry is what keeps them watching that stupid fucking station. That's why it was on television. And they'll always Democrats be a, want you to salute the gay pride flag instead right. of the American flag. That's what typical people liberal thing to do. You know, just uh-huh. a typical goddamn <laughs> liberal thing. Well, and WCIS is a well-funded Sinclair station that knows exactly what they're doing. Sure, of course it is. But they can't hire a news director, Driftglass. No, they've, they've had a job for, listing for a year, for a year, <laughs> for like and, a year and a half. And Lord knows my wife has encouraged me, go do it. I keep, I keep saying, you it. know, hey, hey, Driftglass, Sinclair is looking for a news director. They, they don't know I do this podcast. They don't know who I am. <laughs> I, I, go in, in your civvies. You're a white your, guy. You're, you're a tall white guy who looks good in a suit. Walk in there and say, you know, 
you all know me from the following civic organizations. Let me be your news director for just two days. Two That's days. All I'm asking, just two, two, three days. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> and then we'd have to leave town. But you know, the other forty-five minutes of their hours spent reading cute Facebook dog stories. Oh, so. I know. And and of course, you know, a half hour of sport. Oh yeah. Um, and I don't, yeah. I don't begrudge anyone their indulgences and their pleasures and their their love of animals and sports. At any time, especially during the second wave of this Trump pandemic. But mm-hmm. when the only news that squeezes through is bullshit like this, it, yeah. it tells you a great deal. And th- the same is true of our local paper. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, it All of the news is coming out of a different city. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a guy on, mm-hmm. on our Facebook, uh, local Facebook, who, who counts the number of stories from Rockford in oh, the yeah. Springfield yeah. paper because that's yep. where the paper is now located. Printed. Yeah, it's printed yeah. in Peoria. It's reported out of Rockford, and there's occasionally, and there's a bunch of USA Today stories and AP stories, and occasionally there's an actual story from Springfield, usually involving someone's dog. Yep, and that's yep. what happened to local media all over the country. Each week, we post to our Facebook page and website an Internet Kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's Internet Kitties are Lasagna and Diesel. I, I got to I got to get the whole backstory on that. Yeah, well, Lasagna is a red kitty. No, no, and no, no. Diesel is a long-haired black kitty. I, no, I, I I can see the picture. Mm-hmm. I got to know how Lasagna and Diesel are names that you chose for cats in the same house. But that's a different story for a different day. <laughs> I think it's be a... because their owners are very creative. Yeah. I want to hear more about that. But yeah. again. But here, this picture, Lasagna and Diesel are snuggling with each other. Yeah. And of course, Lasagna and Diesel eat freshly poured cat food, our fake sponsor. Whether you serve pet store perfection or dollar store dreck, your cats will sit on the kitchen floor and demand that the food they eat is only freshly poured. Freshly poured, freshly poured. Oh, my Lord, it's freshly poured. And you can visit Lasagna and Diesel at our Facebook page or website. And you can send your internet kitty, dog, or other pet to us at our email address, prolefpodcast at gmail.com, or you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. Be aware that if you write us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go Postal Unions. Letter on the air unless you say otherwise. Don't let the bastards get you down, including DeJoy. Don't forget our Gourmet Coffee Guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, buy one for us. This is not charity. This is our job, and it's a labor of love. And if you donate to my GoFundMe, that's charity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Approximately 1% of our listeners support this podcast with a contribution, and you can too. See our website, prolefpod.com, for details. Both our PayPal, postal address information, GoFundMe, merch, all of it is there at prolefpod.com. Please share our show on social media, and thank you so much for doing that. Hey, Drift Glass, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, Blue Gal, the Internet Kitties say, not today, Susan Sarandon. Not today. Let's think about living. Let's think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the bopping and the loving, loving, dubbing. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying, and the fellow with a switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. Professional F Podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2021 DGBG Productions.